Okay, good evening, everybody. It's nice to see you. Nice, nice to see you literally to some. To some, nice to see some of your phone numbers. <laughs> um, uh, we are, we're all in the, in the middle of this very, very unusual period, this unusual time of preparation for Pesach, and we wanted to, to get together. A number of us have gotten together over the past few days talking about different things related to the preparation for Pesach, uh, some to some degree more, more technical and practical in terms of making the Pesach preparations, um, and some in terms of specific uh, re- COVID-related questions as to what we can do and where we can go, um, who we can be with as Pesach approaches. Uh, what we're going to try to do tonight together, um, Mindy and I, is, um, is, is talk a little bit about the practicalities of preparation for Pesach, a little bit of chizuk, a little bit of encouragement and perspective in preparation for Pesach. And as we've tried to do on all of these calls, also open it up to, to questions. Generally speaking, the, of the, if you can... Uh, for some reason, I have not been able to get in as the host here, so um, so I can't silence everybody, which is probably fine. But uh, if you want to write the questions on the chat feature, that's great. If not, you know, maybe people could could ask the questions orally if they're comfortable. So Pesach is coming, and. Um, there's, there's one message which I've said uh, on every call, on every one of these discussions, which I really want to say again, briefly, for those who didn't hear it before. And I have a feeling, for those who heard it before, it wouldn't hurt to hear it again. And that is, Bezos Hashem, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be able to, to, to make Pesach just fine. We sometimes have because, especially because Pesach is sometimes a major ingathering, um, but uh, just in general, because of all of the, the strength and hype that we attach to, uh, to Pesach, we define it as a huge, huge, huge job. And it's, it's not a small job, but it's a very, very doable job. Over the past couple of lessons, couple of times together, I've tried to explain what a basic preparation, a basic halachic preparation for, for Pesach looks like. And it's really, really, it's not something that having two weeks ahead of us should be, should be overwhelming. If we don't maximize it, we do what we need to do and, not, and, and don't do more. And we do it in, 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 uh, in bite-sized portions, realizing, realizing that it is really accomplishable. And I truly think it's accomplishable, and we walked through some of the steps of that in the previous, in the previous talks. Uh, tonight, um, again, in specific questions, I'm happy to go over aspects of that. But the 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 most basic things that um, I want to talk about with with you, we want to we want to speak about with you, um, are just about the you know setting ourselves up in the mindset as we're going through this, this period of, of, of preparing for Pesach. Pe- Pesach is a, is a Yom Tiv which is supposed to give a person a sense of, of identity. On Pesach is when 
parents were, are instructed to give over to children who we are, what we're a part of, to feel connected to our story, to be, feel connected to the eternity, which we call Klal Yisrael. The, the ideal picture of the Seder table, of uh, parents and children sitting together and parents telling the children the story. So again, not every Seder table looks like that. Not every Seder table looks like that every year. And certainly less Seder tables are gonna look like that, particularly this year. But there's still the tremendous power of the framework which, which the Seder creates and which it's supposed to really give over to us. And I want to share with you one, uh, one uh, word from the Medrash. I've shared it with some of you before, perhaps, but uh, not within the past year. And, um, and uh, to me, it's, it's very riveting, very, very beautiful, very instructive. And it's, it's, I, I share it with people who are, I know there's a big range of people on the phone. Some are, are alone at home. Uh, some are, are uh, with, uh, with young children and some are with older children. There are all kinds of, there are all kinds of people on the phone and the, the thoughts that we share hopefully will, be, will, will, will have application for all of you. But the, the, the Medrash tells a story that when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the burning bush, so Hashem wanted to get his attention. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu comes to the, to the sneh, to the burning bush. He's there. This is the moment when he's being charged to go to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. And Hashem wants to reveal himself to Moshe there at the, at the sneh, at the burning bush. And the Medrash tells of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem speaking, talking to himself and saying, how do I get Moshe Rabbeinu's attention? What should I, what should I do? He says, if I call out to Moshe Rabbeinu with the voice that's the voice of God, you know, the booming voice of God, you know, from, from the movies, so to speak. I'll scare the daylights out of him. I won't have to tell him to take his shoes off. He'll jump right out of his shoes. If I'll, if I'll, if I'll appear to him and, and introduce myself to him in a quiet whisper, so he won't, uh, he won't even pay attention. He'll walk right by. So he says, I have the perfect idea. I'll appear to him in the voice of his father, in the voice of his parent. And that's going to be the perfect pitch. It'll be firm enough and clear enough that he'll pay attention, and it'll be inviting enough that it won't scare him off. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to, to Moshe Rabbeinu with the voice of Amram, with the voice of Moshe Rabbeinu's father. And Moshe Rabbeinu was attentive, and Moshe Rabbeinu was not fearful. And to, 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 to me, that matters always seemed like the, the absolute charge for what a parent's voice is supposed to sound like. And it's so perfect that this was the way Hashem appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu when he's about to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, a yomtiv, which is a, a, an event which is going to be commemorated by a yomtiv, which is all about how parents speak to children. And that is that we have to be clear and firm, enough to be able to get someone's attention. And at the same time, we have to be soft enough not to, not to scare them off, to strike that balance. P- 
people, and I say this as the voice of a parent and as a voice for ourselves as well. Everyone needs a little bit of firmness, something to hold on to. When everything is helter-skelter, especially, but the steadiness of a person being secure, comfortable, thoughtful, not fretting because of the, of, the, of the panic of the time, but just firm on the one hand, and at the same time, inviting on the other, on the other hand. This, uh, this, this uh, time before Pesach, which is a time, the whole Yontav is a time of Igarata Levincha. It is, uh, uh, both uh, my wife and I, both Mindy and I saw separately from different people who, who were giving over these messages over the past couple of days. I'm talking about not like, uh, like Hasid, very, very intense Hasidic uh, people, the Klosenberger Rebbe, the Belzer Dayan, Rav Tzvi Meyer Zilberberg, who, who's one of the most intensely religious people that I ever encountered in my entire life. Um, and they all give over the same message. They all give over the same message. And the message is that the, the best thing that we can do for ourselves for Pesach, the most kosher Pesach that we can have, is a Pesach where there's warmth of communication between us, where there's a sense of calm and here, I'm giving over to you. I'm giving over to, we're giving over to each other. And for those of us who are by ourselves, just for ourselves, as we melt into the story of Klal Yisrael of Pesach, we, we prepare a yomtiv. We have to clean a house. We want to set up. We want to make it all work. But let's keep our eye on the prize. And the prize is that this should be a yomtiv with which, which we're able to always introduce with a certain sense of, of simcha and togetherness. And so the halachic instruction about making it easier, that's my job, that's what I've been trying to do and what I'll continue to do. But the purpose of that is that we're able to step back, to dial it back, and to be able to, to, be able to create that firm and yet, and yet inviting and warm atmosphere. So I'll chime in here. Yes, I would like you to. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, so that was always my goal um, all the years of making Pesach, is that um, the nice way of saying it, and I have some children in the background here who are listening to this, my goal was always that my children should always look forward to Pesach. It shouldn't be like, oh no, Pesach is coming, stay far away from mom because she's like in that mood. It should be like they should look forward to Pesach. That was always my goal. Um, you know, a less sophisticated way to say it is my goal was like to not scream at my kids in anything, in any part of the preparation for Pesach. Um, screaming at them the rest of the year is totally fine. Just joking about that. Um, but I wanted them to look forward to I'm Pesach. Not, what? I'm not screaming. I'm screaming. <laughs> so um, that was every year that's, that's been my goal. Um, so um, that's, as Rabbi Howard was saying, keeping our eye on the prize. So... That was always something that was, you know, there. And whenever I was stressed with something, I would try to take a step back and say, okay, why am I stressed? What can I do? Instead of taking it out on the people around me. Um, Robertson Heller has a great shear. It's called Redemption Through Faith, I believe is what it's called. And I, I highly recommend listening to it. It's really, really excellent. She has, and it's on naaleh.com. 
um, which is naaleh.com. And she talks about um, the notion of maintaining the sense of what's ikar, what's important, what's tafel, what's not, you know, the most important thing in, in all aspects of preparing for Pesach. And, um, and she says that thing that we all know, but we women, you know, just can't help but doing this, that spring cleaning business that we like to do once we're cleaning everything else and makes you feel refreshed and it feels renewed and it feels like it has to do with Pesach and it feels like it's getting us closer to the notion of getting rid of chametz. Not part of the deal, not what Hashem asked us to do. And if we get kvetchy and say, oh my gosh, this holiday of Pesach, this is like so much pressure. It's because we're putting something into it that Hashem did not ask us to do. And again, I'm, I'm a housewife also, and I would love to clean my whole house for Pesach and do my spring cleaning. Why not? Might as well get it done now where everyone's in the mood. But it has nothing to do with what, um, what we are supposed to be doing for Pesach. And, and Rabbi Heller says an indication that we're that we're lacking uh, a bit in, in our Muna and understanding what Hashem wants us to do and following through, is she said it's very, very simple indication when things are going wrong. That very, very simple indication when things are going wrong is that thing called anger. If you're having this emotion of anger... Can I just interrupt for one yeah, second? Yeah, please. If I could just ask if everybody who's on the phone, everybody who's on the phone could please mute their phones. Please, please, hello. If everyone who's on the phone could please mute their phones. <laughs> if you could please, please mute your phones. <laughs> okay, we'll keep trying. Go ahead. If I got a dollar for every time Rabbi Howard's been saying that over the last uh, week and a half, yeah, I'd be very well to do. Um, what was I saying? You get two pounds yes, of shmurma. I get two right. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, anger, if you're experiencing anger, that's an indication that you've gone a little bit off. So, um, so if you're experiencing that, you're like, okay, wait a second. You know, somehow I'm a little bit off. What are you doing with that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And I love to be around people who, who regularly say, I love Pesach. And one of those people is Rena Walter. I like to be around Rena Walter Pesach time because she always says that. But she says it differently. She says, I love Pesach, <laughs> which is also fine. I could be around those people also. That's also good. Okay. <laughs> okay, let us hear you say it, Rena. Go for it. Say it. You're supposed to. Okay, excellent. Thank you. I'll drop off the $50 tomorrow in your mailbox. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful chag if we, if we could, you know, s stick to what we're really supposed to be doing with it. Um, I'm just going to throw something in there, and Rebetzin Heller says this herself, and, and I say it also, um, that um, it's important, besides for all the preparation that we need to do, and I know it's a lot, and we all have um, maybe some extra things on our to-do list, maybe fewer things on our to-do list, but... You want to go into the Chag, not just uh, physically prepared, but you want to go into the Chag spiritually prepared. So as I said to a parenting Chabura last night, um, think of your favorite speaker, <laughs> that your favorite speaker that you always get inspired by, <clears throat> and indulge yourself in a shear or two from that person, just to get yourself into it. And maybe you can even do it while you're peeling potatoes, or if you're, you're not up to peeling potatoes, wrong word, no, no, while you're scrubbing. Uh, while you're scrubbing or while you're cleaning things, like maybe listen to a shear. 
Um, just if your kids are around, then that wouldn't be nice. Don't ignore them. Put on some wonderful music. Music, music. Put on some wonderful music. upbeat music. You can dance around with your mop and your broom and your four hundred nine. Um, and um, and but maybe at some point, also just indulge yourself in something you know spiritual, so that you can come to the Chag not just you know exhausted and you know smelling like four hundred nine, but being spiritually prepared for the day. And I'm not saying this as a muster. I'm saying this as a you know, indulge yourself. Indulge yourself. Oh, we're getting some um, feedback from people who are around here. Yeah. Um, and I just want to hear people's questions because I just am not clear on, you know, what people want to hear about. So um, I, I want to respond to what people um, want to ask. And if Rabbi Har wants to say anything else. Oh, okay, perfect question. So we have here a question, which we're going to ask for Mrs. Howard. Do you have any tips for motivating smaller children to help with cleaning or good jobs to include them in? Um, okay, so one thing I've, I've mentioned to uh, people in a parenting chabura, which I think none of them took advantage of this idea, um, but, um, but that is... I, I thought it might be a good idea. You know how we had the, in Shul, we had that thermometer picture poster thing of, um, it was for the Mishnayas that people were studying? Gemara. The yeah. Gemara? Gemara, so people were, were taking on to study. If you could make a, like a poster like that, I think there's still time. <laughs> and with the, somehow putting on there the different jobs that need to get done for, um, for Pesach. And as the jobs get done, the thermometer gets filled up more and more and more. So the people, and that could be for all aged kids, everyone can have a sense of the of the process and how they're you're moving along, and um, and there should be some kind of celebration when it's all done, um, besides for the seder, which is a beautiful celebration. But um, I don't know, it could be you know having ice cream at home or something or whatever works for your family. That's something that you could do, and everyone and it should be in an obvious place so everyone can see that it's um, that it's moving along. Um, another thing you could do is just have a little. Uh, board meeting with your family, including your three-year-old child, and say, hey guys, you know, you see these, you could put on little pieces of paper and say here, and let's say little uh, pieces of index card, paper, something like that, and put down the different jobs that are done. And everybody take turns, you can each pick one. And you can have for the three-year-olds, like you, you give a three-year-old a, uh, you know, one of those baby wipes, and they can, you know, clean a chair, quote unquote, you know, for Pesach. Um, there's, you know, they could do something with a hand vac. They could maybe do something with a regular vacuum cleaner. Um, other people with young children probably have better ideas. I'm not thinking of them all myself right now, but there's definitely things that even pretend jobs, you take, uh, you know, a, a thing of, of 409 and you maybe, I don't know if you have another bottle you can put it into, you just put water in your 409 bottle and have your three-year-old spritzing whatever they want to spritz. They have a great time with that. Again, have your music playing, and when the weather gets good, you could do things outside, um, you know, spraying chairs outside or things like that that need to get done. Well, if they need to get done. I just... I, I, if chairs need to get if done. If chairs need to get done. Oh, I just found out that chairs don't need to get done. No, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, so, so, <laughs> what, what, true, truly, and I was, we, we in our house generally, in our, as part of our preparation for Pesach, is there's a lot of spraying of chairs and, and, and so on and so forth. But as mentioned in previous uh, in previous no. installments, 
that's a nice thing to do, but it, it should not be as a critical thing to do. What you have to do is you have to inspect the chairs. You have to look at them and make sure that they're, that they're, that they're, that they're clean. There's not really a ton of stuff there. Um, there's, th- 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 you don't see real chametz. There, aren't, there isn't like half a cupcake on the underside of the chair or something like that. Um, but uh, don't, don't, you don't have to overdo it. Okay. Could I just add something which is, which is in your area of specialty? And it's something which I mentioned to some to to one of the one of the classes before, and and this is especially along this line, is that w- what makes things especially stressful is when you're trying to do multiple things at the same time. If you're trying to to uh, watch your kids doing X while you're cooking and cleaning at the same time, and you're doing something different, and then everything they do, any call, any time they'll call out to you or ask for something. They're distracting you. They're pulling you away from something else that you feel you should be doing. Uh, if, we, if, we, if we break down the tasks and we're focused on one thing at a time, and when we're doing things like a cleaning thing, like you have that team with the thermometer, and you're doing it together with, together with, with children or together with whomever, it's, uh, it's, much, it's, it's a recipe for calm. When you when you set it up that you're doing this while somebody else while, while you know pulled in, in in various directions, it's uh, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of a recipe for calm. Mm-hmm. Some people who are doing their official homeschooling now, um, some people with small children are are you know like some people even have a name for their school, um, and uh, they have a whole official schedule. So if you're doing that, which is a great thing, so there's some structure for your children's day and you can get their input as to what they want their school day to look like, you could put into that school day a little bit of, of cleaning. You know, that could, be like a, that could be one of the things that go on the schedule of what they do. If you're not doing a school day officially, um, it's helpful to do the school day because it just gives structure when the kids know what the structure is going to be for the day then it's just much, you know, they're calmer because they know what to expect and what not to expect. If you're not doing that, you could just talk to your children. Um, you talk to your children about um, what they, you know, what they want the week to look like and what they, what, they, what they have in mind. And then you could, you know, talk to them about the fact, okay, that's great. I understand you want to do A, B, and C. Here's what, um, here's what we need as a family. So if you could tell me what, you know, when you, what you think you could help out with and what would work into your schedule, that would be great. And here we get that announcement about muting. If, could someone please, could whoever, whoever's on the phone, <laughs> please mute your phone. Please mute your phone. <laughs> Do they all hear it or just we hear it? Everybody hears it. Everybody hears it. Okay, unfortunately, I don't know how to be the host over here. Enter host key. Okay, one second. I'm coming right back as host, okay? Okay, I think that right now, am I host? Still not host. One second, please. Give me one second, everybody. I think I, can, I, think I figured out something. Very excited. Okay, hello? Okay, we're going to try this again. 
Let's take a look at the further questions which came. First mute it. First mute it. There's a mute microphone on the top of your screen, and that would be the waste place to start, okay? Okay, maybe that'll work. Um, you just muted everyone? No, I didn't. Okay, so there, there were a number of other questions which came in. Um, how do you explain to your children that are three years old and baby that they can't have play dates or go to grandparents for Pesach? when they have been looking forward to it. Do you want to handle that? Um, how do you do that? So the, the very, very best thing that you could do for your children when they have a problem of any sort, really, is to not try to give them a solution and say, yeah, but we'll get together with them, Shavuos, or it's okay, we'll see them on Skype or you know, FaceTime, none of that, but just say like, it's really, really, really disappointing. We really, really wanted to go, and we can't go, and I'm also disappointed. It's, it's hard. It's, it is really, really hard, and we're gonna miss them. And just be quiet, and let them talk, and hear what they have to say, but really, really be there, like Imo Anachi Batsara, like you're really, really with them. You're hearing them, and you're not thinking about anything else. You're not like, trying to get this process done fast and say, well, whatever, I know we're all having a hard time. No, you're not doing that. You're just sitting with them and saying, it's not easy. It's not easy. At another point in time, not at that moment, at that moment when they're talking to you and they're saying they're having a hard time, you just, it's, anybody who's in the, in the, in the parenting hub or knows these terms, it's active listening. At another point, at another point, not right then and there, but at different moments, say, you know, just say to your kids, maybe at supper time or at some time when you're cleaning, saying, you know, <clears throat> I'm also frustrated that we can't do what we plan to do for Pesach. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you deal with disappointment there. Things don't go your way. Um, and then sometimes later on you, find, you realize, you know, it was really, really good that that happened. You know, sometimes you don't see that it worked out so well. But, you know, I'm thinking about, and maybe talk about some time in your life, you know, I, had a, I really experienced a disappointment. It was really, really tough for me when a, a happened. And I thought, like, this is just the worst thing. And now I realize when looking back that there were so many good things that came from that. You're not, you're not, you, again, you don't say this at the moment when they're complaining to you. When they're complaining to you and they're saying their thing, you're not waxing nostalgic about anything that happened to you in the past. Then you're totally there for them. You're completely hearing them. You're not offering them any explanations or making them feel better or and nothing, just listening. At a different, completely different moment, you can just talk about how disappointment's a real thing. And, and sometimes we, we can look in retrospect and we see things are better. Sometimes we don't. But um, this is this is that tough thing called emuna that sometimes you know sometimes it's hard, um, but everything everything is for everything is for a reason. So when you're sharing that, you're kind of like, sort of like just talking. You're sharing your own thing. You know, you're you're, you're not giving mutter to your children. You're just saying, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking that, you know, it's not easy for me either. And this is how I'm looking at it. You know, but that should not be shared at the moment when they're. Con they're telling you their, their concern.
At that moment, you should just hear them out. Also, you could say, um, again, not at that moment, but at a different moment, say, you know, we're really missing Bobby and Zadie because we can't be with them. And I did hear of a, from this, I heard this from a parent um, last night that the grandmother in Israel is teaching Haggadah to the grandchildren in Baltimore. Now that the kids aren't in school, they can FaceTime at more normal times or FaceTime at all. Normally, it's, if a kid is in school, the, the hours are not great. And it doesn't have to be teaching Haggadah. It could be, you know, why don't we you know, talk to Bubby about, um, maybe Bubby can tell us things about Pesach when she was growing up, or maybe Bubby can sh read a story about Pesach, or maybe Bubby can, um, we can sing a song to Bubby about Pesach, or maybe anything. Recipe. Or a recipe, or whatever it is. And, and tell Bubby in advance, you know, maybe we can have like four or two sessions with you, Bubby. Like you prepare, think about what you want to share with us, and we'll think about what we want to share with you, and we're going to be missing you, but we can do something, um, let's try to do something. And again, not at the moment when they're telling you that they're, they're disappointed, at a different, different moment. That's great. Yeah. I'm now in a position to mute, so I'm going to mute everybody. And if you have a question, you can chat it in, okay? So we'll do that. Um, when kids were young, we had to make decorations for the table, cover with plastic. Then they used their Lego and did a diorama on the table. Okay, so that's a, uh, that's a statement, I think. And that's a good <laughs> idea. It's a very, very good idea. Um, very, very good idea. We, wa we wash the kitchen garbage can and the toaster oven outside. You don't have to wash the toaster oven. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, we muted. <laughs> I'm muted. Oh boy. Okay, I'm muted. Let me unmute. Okay, okay. I'm gonna unmute myself. Can you hear us now? Thank you. You can hear us now. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I don't remember what I was gonna say. We we're just talking about the garbage can. Is that what you want, or the diorama? What did you want? Okay, we, we, read, we read here something which... Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Here we are. Um, we are just at an awkward stage with turning over the kitchen. If I do more cleaning, we can't finish up the chametz. Yeah. But if I stop cleaning, I'm worried that I'll fall behind. It's a hard balance. We wash the kitchen garbage can and the toaster oven outside. Okay. So, um, so how do you how do you um, how do you find that that place in the middle? So, so you know when you you're turning over the kitchen, you want to get ready for Pesach, but you're not quite finished with the chametz yet at this point in time either. So you're in the in the twilight zone. Am I understanding the question correctly? Yes. Okay. So I. I uh, well, I'll tell you what, what it would seem to me to some degree, but I'm just the, I'm the, the, the one on the side, and then you, you can give some, some more practical and specific advice. But um, you, you have to sequester areas. In other words, you shouldn't treat necessarily, certainly not the whole house at once. People sometimes take a folding table or somewhere, in, or use the dining room table and make that a center. People, you can sequester an area in your refrigerator, uh, a sink, 
a specific sink. I showed last night when I walked through, uh, you know, with with the uh, with the class on um, on kitchen prep. Uh, you know how we take an area of our kitchen. We we literally have like a little little curtain up there, but it doesn't that doesn't have to be a curtain. Uh, you you need to you need to divide the areas that you take care of and and otherwise not now let's say a toaster oven which is an extremely valuable erev you know tool all the way up to erev pesach because then whatever little things people have they can put something in the toaster oven when the main oven is is koshered and no human being has ever figured out how to properly clean out a toaster oven so every toaster oven is close is sold for pesach um, so the to- but the toaster oven doesn't have to live in your kitchen. The toaster oven can live in a corner of your basement. The toaster oven can live in your foyer, you know, like in the in the area right 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 where you come in. Now, again, if you have if you have little children running around, you obviously have to use it carefully while somebody's standing guard, and then unplug it and put it up, you know, someplace else where it's where, where it's safe. And and you'll have to dust around there to get rid of whatever crumbs you know came afterwards. But you have to sequester areas and do. Do 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 one which you keep for chametz and one which you one which you don't. Do you want to? Do you want to add something? Um, um, I, I would say the same thing. You, it's really um, a personal thing, like what works for you and your family and the ages of your children and the dynamic of your family. Like when exactly to do that transition. You know, some people need to do it earlier, and they and they'll eat. You know, kind of Pesach food because they just need to have that peace of mind that the whole house is already clean. And some people can do that kind of, you know, partial thing. But when you have that partial thing, there can sometimes be a lot of like, oh, no, no, don't go there. No, no, you taking the milk out of the fridge and then you're putting it into your bowl of Cheerios that's in the other room. And then, and then they get very, you know, concerned about that. So if you have like a little mini fridge, that's really nice that that could be near your toaster oven. I don't have one of those. Um, but uh, it's, it's really a matter of like figuring out with your family, like maybe even deciding with your family. Guys, for my, my peace of mind, I think I need to have everything done by, I don't know, whatever, Monday night or something. Um, but but it's, it's hard for me to say like with, you know, what works the best. I guess from previous years, if you found that like turning over too late was a problem, um, then I guess you wanna do it earlier. But I would talk to my family members um, and yeah. just please, uh, uh, the ambition for Pesach. Just to go back to what was earlier, the ambition for Pesach. You know, th- there there are there are two obvious ambitions, and they they are recipes for for sometimes for frustration. One ambition is that it should be spick and span and perfect, and you know the most the most uh, you know cleaned beyond any any halachic requirement. A second is that it should be the most delicious, outstanding, gourmet, perfect, you know, everything's going to be right in place. And then the third is that it should be the most enjoyable and connected time. And basically the message which both of us want to share is that uh, the first two are not nearly as important as the third. And the, the one which is, the, one, the, the recipe which is going to make you, I'm, I'm not even speaking here. I, you know, again, we know there are many people on this call from in many different stages of life. Some of them are figuring out how to safeguard their toaster from their three-year-old, and some of them don't don't have anybody, you know, to, to, to worry about like that right now. But for all of us, 
for every single person, for every single Jew, Be'ezus Hashem about to celebrate Pesach in two and a half weeks, and remember, it's still two and a half weeks away, um, the, 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 uh, the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that we should have it as a meaningful, a meaningful yomtiv, a good yomtiv. It's not going to be made great by an extra side dish. It's going to be made. It's going to be made great by more menuchas hanefesh, and it, at this time, we need menuchas hanefesh. And at this time, especially when our children, for those who have children, are home with us all the time, when people who don't have children, we're home ourselves, and and uh, there's so much stress in the atmosphere. Um, there's so much stress in the atmosphere. And we owe it to ourselves. What we need to do is we need to we need to to feel the we we, we need to to build for ourselves an oasis of an oasis of calm, to feel connected to what's going on, and to build for ourselves an oasis of calm. And it's easy to say, it's easy to just say, okay, build build uh, build you know build it for yourself. The truth is, in a sense, Pesach is the gift that allows us to do it, because if you remember the story of Pesach is about the Jewish people being told that they should stay in their house and the mashchis, the destructive force, will stay away from the Jewish house that's busy making Pesach, making the carbon Pesach. And while none of us is in a position to promise miracles to anybody, but uh, that's, the picture for, that's the picture of Klal Yisrael, that we carry Pesach with us. And uh, you know, being home and thinking about Pesach is something something which which should be a cause of security, and uh, and hopefully hopefully not of anxiety. So let's just dial down the expectations in terms of extra chumras, extra stringencies in the halacha, and extra stringencies in the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a benefit from the from the fact that we find ourselves at home um, is that. Um, you know, for for people who have who have, we're in the stage of life where they have small children. Generally speaking, at the seder, and I'm sorry if this is a repeat for people who were in the parenting who are in the parenting chadura, that uh, what often happens at the seder is that the children come with their 400-page haggados, and they are mekayim the vehigadata la'avicha program, um, which is actually not something that's written in the chumash. It's vehigadata la'bincha. So now here Hashem has put us in a situation. That um, we we have to be we have to prepare our children for Pesach um, or encourage them to if they're older to prepare for Pesach you know spiritually they're not coming with Haggados with many many pages um, so we have to make that happen which is a good thing it seems that Hashem wants us to be in this position of really really giving over the Masorah to our children which doesn't have to wait until the night of the Seder to do if if I had uh, had you know, older kids in the house and uh, medium-sized kids in the house, maybe, again, I would have, you know, have a meeting with them and say, you know, um, um, you know, which, let's, let's, let's figure out the, the different parts of the Haggadah, let's say the different parts of Magid, and, you know, you guys are not, you're not in school right now, um, and, um, but let's, let's think about how we can prepare for the Seder ourselves, what can we do, so maybe, Let's look at the different parts. Do you want to be, um, maybe you would be looking up this, you know, maybe I, I assume many of you have Haggadahs in the house. Maybe your children who are older can say, okay, you know, I'm going to, you know, 
these parts of the, of, the, of the Maggid I'm going to prepare something for, and these parts this won't prepare something for. Maybe you can have an older child help a four-year-old child teach them something, um, or maybe even help them make uh, you know, a Haggadah of sorts. And there are a lot of sources online for helping people to do this kind of like homeschooling thing before the Seder. Um, and also, you, can, you don't have to wait till, again, Seder night to talk about you know, things related to Pesach. You can talk about it on Shabbos also. And also, I would use the time to even reflect with my children, like just you know, going around the table. Anyone see any, anything, um, any benefits for the fact that we're all home all the time, or most of us are home all the time? Is anything, anyone um, finding there's something, um, there's a perk here? And just like open it up and see and see and see what they say, so they can see you know the good in this situation. But I, I think it's a good thing that we we really are in the position to prepare ourselves for you know for Pesach more. Maybe we have maybe maybe some more time to do that, and and also to be in the position to again be giving the Masorah over to our children, which is really, really ideally how it should be. Okay, um, I, I would just also want to ask you if you would just speak a little bit about how you, it was, the question was asked before, but you know, getting everybody on the team, you know, working with you because you do that very, very well. You know, besides the thermometer, uh, you know, the well, penny jar, giving, giving, and and just giving, you know, getting, getting the, the pride which you're able to instill in in children. For actually creating things for the for, for for Pesach or for Shabbos or for things like that, you know the acknowledgement of what they do and and, oh. and and help them. Okay, so I mentioned this idea of like you know having the jobs out there in little squares so, so you know kids can choose what they want to do. When they follow through with it, you certainly want to acknowledge that. Um, generally speaking, if if we if we aren't familiar with this, we generally. Uh, we generally would be correcting children, don't do this better, don't do that. But if we, if we make a point to really, really thank them, and not just thank them, like thank you so much for polishing the silver, but say something really specific. Like, you know, you polish the silver. I love to look at it. It just, it shines and it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, what, what Rabbi Howard is referring to is on Friday nights, um, we got into this routine that um, we thank um, everybody for everything that they did to prepare for Shabbos. You know, uh, Sarah, um, you know, swept the floor and she set the table and she set up the candlesticks. Thank you so much, Sarah. And, um, you know, Bracha did this. Thank you so much, Bracha. So each thing that people did, are, are they're thanked specifically. I learned this from somebody else. Actually, I, I, I learned this from somebody else, a, um, a single girl who had learned this from some house that she had gone to in Brooklyn. And so, um, so we do that, and um, and and that's something. It's a good. It's it's a good practice to have just in general. You know, just to do this in your own homes on Friday nights. Um, it's very very good to do. People of all ages like to be acknowledged, and um, the good thing about it is that it's not just very specific. It's not um, it's not over the top. It's um, I won't go into a whole parenting thing right now, but it's a good thing to do, and certainly. Let's say even this Friday night, if you wanted to start doing this this Friday night, you can also put in there what kids are doing to help out. And you could say like, you know, this is, a, you know, we have an interesting situation now. We don't have school. We don't have structure. That could be very, very challenging. But 
let's say, I, I'm usually, I'm the one who gives the speech on Friday night, so I would say, you know, uh, Abba, do you know that, that this week, you know, let's say in terms of helping for, for Pesach, you could say that also, you know, it's, it's not an easy week for anybody, but this one vacuumed her bedroom, and she did this, and she did that. Do you know how helpful that was to me? And this may sound like it's only for children, but you can say this for adults too. When I get actually named on Friday night that I did something for Shabbos, I feel good. Anybody does it. It's not just like this, uh, this teacher saying something, you know, with reading mitzvah notes in some kind of patronizing, condescending way. How did Shabbos come together? How did Pesach come together? And I, I want to, to maybe use that to segue a little bit because, uh, you know, there, again, there are many different people on the line. Uh, some people might have in their house this creature called teenagers. Have you heard of that? Right? And, and, um, and for them, it doesn't always work in exactly the same way, in, in exactly the same way. Some of the principles, oh, I shouldn't say that, some of the principles, really all of the principles are always the same, uh, you know, in dealing with anybody, in dealing with adults, in dealing with children, in dealing with... say something about teenagers. Oh, I'll please, see. please. Oh, so with teenagers, uh, again, I really feel bad boring the people who hear this already from me. Um, but the teenagers, what you want to do is you want to, um, you know, sit down with them at a, at a calm moment, not at an uneasy moment, at a calm moment, and say, um, I just want to, I just want to hear from you, um, you know, how you're, what you're thinking about your participation in preparing for Pesach. Like, I just want to hear what you, what you're thinking, what you have in mind, what you'd like to do, what you would not like to do. Um, I just, I just want to hear. And then let them tell you whatever it is. Like, I, you know, I don't like to do this. You know, hear what they're saying. Okay. And then find out what they do like to do. Like, maybe one person likes to, I don't know, likes to vacuum, whatever. And another person likes to do something else. Or if there's younger children in the house, maybe a an older child would rather be doing the babysitting. And a different child would rather be doing something else. But if, they're, if you hear them out as to what you actually respect that they have preferences, and you're not just saying, okay, we have 15 jobs to do, okay? Bracha, you're doing one through five, sorry, you're doing six through, through you know, 10, whatever, and this one's doing whatever, 11 through 15, whatever it is. But if you're like, you know, I really, really want to hear what, you, what, you, what your preferences are. Um, I have, there, there's 20 jobs to do, I'm not able to do it myself, and even if I could do it myself, Pesach is a thing that we want everybody to participate in. It feels good when we're all getting ready together. Um, but I want to hear what, you, what you'd like to do. And also, um, you know, talk about how, what this, you know, the schedule of their day is. Like maybe they don't want to be doing the cleaning in the morning. Maybe they would rather be doing the cleaning in the afternoon. That's fine. You know, it's okay if they want to do it in the afternoon. You, you just need to know that it'll get done. And that's fine. But then after they do it, say, thank you so much that you cleaned out all the drawers in that, in that closet was so helpful to me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And, and again, and, and encourage them to listen to music when they're doing it. And, and we used to do this thing when our kids were younger, just after, let's say, at, you know, two hours or three hours on a Sunday when kids were involved in cleaning, let's say, two hours. So then we would have even, like, you know, just stop and have some ice cream, you know, just in the house, not going out for ice cream, which we wouldn't do now anyway. Um, but just in, indulging them in something. And it's not paying them for, for doing, you know, you're not paying them for cleaning. You're just showing your appreciation. And they have good feelings from it, and they deserve it. And, um, 
And again, but the, the greatest reward for them is to show appreciation. If someone says to you for anything that you do, like, I can't tell you how helpful it was that you did that and you took it off my list. It makes my head, you know, just feel lighter. Who doesn't want to hear something like that and wouldn't appreciate it? And uh, when, we, when we're instead getting into the mode, which is the natural mode, of instead uh, just pointing out the, the negative things and the, the failures and, and, and you know, wh whether we do it harshly or whether we do it sort of just uh, you know, a little, I don't know, self-righteously or something like that. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bring the participation along. It doesn't make anyone... It, it, it's always good to zero in, what do you always say? The more, you, whatever you pay attention to, that's what's going to happen more, right? Isn't that your rule? Yeah. But whatever, yeah, whatever behavior you pay attention to gets repeated. So if you pay attention to the good things, those get repeated. If you pay attention to the negative, negative things, those get repeated because um, negative attention is still attention. But we can't turn this whole thing into a parenting class. I feel bad for people like Bracha Palakoff, and I don't know who else is on here who hears this from me all the time. This is, must be like boring. She That's could okay. be saying the same things as me. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I want to just maybe, if we'll speak for a few minutes about... Uh, about the many people on the call who, who are, are dealing with a, new, a completely new circumstance. Uh, first of all, I just want to quickly address that there was one person who asked a technical question, which is, for first-timers, what is the best time to turn over the kitchen? And I, I hope it comes somewhat clear from the discussions before, which is um, th there is no specific best time. There's no specific best time. Uh, the, the, the best way is to sit and figure it out and try to plan if you could partially turn over. I think if you could partially turn over, uh, you know, turn over an area, uh, you know, that you can, that, that you can, that you can do, uh, and then, and then, and, you know, and get some positive work done for, for preparing for Pesach, but it's very, it's, it's, it's subjective. You have to have a plan to be able to maintain chametz and maintain uh, Pesach for, you know, at such an early stage, certainly. Do you want to add? Right. You just don't want a situation if you have a two-year-old and you'll be screaming and yelling the whole time because you'll be like, no, no, don't go there. So it's tricky. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to just shift the conversation a little bit to the many people who have had an about face in their plans for Pesach and, uh, you know, the change, uh, you know, the difficulty, the disappointment of it. And... Um, um, you know, people, again, over the past couple of times, we've talked about some of the practical questions about what people can do or can't do, where, where can we go, where, where can't we go. So, so first of all, for those who are, who are finding themselves, uh, you know, in a position where they, they can't go to where they were planning to go and don't know how they're going to be able to make Pesach and aren't going to be able to figure out how to, feel they can't figure out how to make Pesach, I, I want to, first of all, invite you to reach out Reach out to, to me, reach out to Rebetzin Howell, reach out to Rabbi Rose, and um, we, we would want to brainstorm with you as to, be, as to how to be able to help. Uh, how to be able to help if there's a way that, that, that something can be done that you'll be able to be, uh, to, to, to get closer to, to, to a Pesach that, you know, that, was, that was planned for. Um, there are Baruch Hashem, a lot of sources and possibilities for being able to help people, uh, you know, in this situation, even though Pesach will not turn out for many uh, exactly, including for us, exactly the way we, exactly the way we plan. For nobody is this Pesach going to be 
going to be the way we planned. Um, it, life brings, as I think all of us know, life brings, uh, brings surprises and disappointments. Um, there's, there's an expression which people say, and it's a deeply, deeply cynical expression. And, and I, I want to turn it around. Um, the expression is that a mensch tracht und Gott lacht. You know, a man thinks and God laughs. Um, it, it is, it's, I, I think that that's, uh, that's, and it's heresy. And it's worse than heresy. It's, uh, it, it colors our, our whole sense of our world in the, in the wrong way. We do have a, a, a pasuk, we do have a verse, which we say every day, many of us, in the, in the Psuke de Zimra, in the introductory Psalms before davening, and that is, Rabos machshavos belevish, man plans, Vatsas Hashem hisokum, and God decides. God, God does decide. God doesn't laugh when he, when he uh, decides that our plans shouldn't go the way we expected it, and we end up being disappointed disoriented almost because we don't know what we're going to do. Um, he doesn't laugh at us. Instead, he cries with us. That's what Chazal, that's what our sages taught us over and over again. It says Hashem never laughs. He only laughs with the Jewish people. He never laughs at. He'll only laugh at at the end of days, though, you know, those who will cynically try to join the right side at the end of days when they were enemies of Hashem all the time. That's the, Hashem yilag lomo. Other than that, Hashem never laughs at anybody. Well, what does it say? It says when, when a person is suffering, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it hurts me. It hurts me. And, and whatever we're going through, whatever difficulties or disappointments, yes, we have from here that lesson which we're taught often in life. Often in life, which is that we're we're not in complete control of our situation, that uh, Hashem does run the world. Uh, we don't know exactly what He's doing right now. Uh, people ask about, write about, you know, messianic scenarios. We 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 don't know. We've been through many many dramatic things as Klal Yisrael over the past century, let alone over the past. 3,332 years since uh, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. And, um, but what we know is, what we know is that we live in a world where we constantly need to adjust to the new plan which Hashem has for the world, which tells us what we have to do and what we have to, what our call of the moment is. Uh, when fate changes the way things are, are from the way we planned, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said is, excuse me, I've just yanked you from this mission and I've assigned you to another one. I've assigned you to another one. You thought you were going to be doing this, but right now I need you to do something else. And as productive people, and as people with a sense of life and a sense of mission, what we always have to ask ourselves is, what does our situation that we find ourselves in now tell us about how we can do better today? What we should be doing today? Um, we don't believe there's chance in the world. And we certainly don't believe when there's something which is as dramatic as what we're experiencing right now, that that's just a, 
a strange story that started from a, a, an exotic food market in, in, in China. Um, we're being called upon to do things that we were never called upon to do before. And we're going to come out of this Bezos Hashem with not just skills that we didn't have before, but values that we didn't have before, that weren't as strong, certainly, or as pronounced as they will be as a result of, as a result of this. I think that, um, that that's a, a, a very, very profound piece of what's going on. And uh, if, if in normal years, uh, the way of, of connection was achieved by sitting around the table with people, uh, we're learning entirely new ways of connection. And I don't mean that we all have figured out, actually done it, if it's talking about me doing a terrible job figuring out how to work a Zoom conference. Um, it, it's, uh, we've, we've learned just other ways of, of connection and of managing ourselves and looking to ourselves to be able to create for ourselves an environment even beyond whatever we've been able, we, 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 we've been able to do before. We should try our best to take, you know, to, to absorb our situation and just wake up every morning and get dressed and get, you know, get ready for a day inside of our house, uh, you know, in the safest, in the safest place, but say to, say to ourselves, okay, so what am I supposed to be doing today? This is my situation. This is my circumstance. Hashem put me here. Hashem put us in this situation. What does He want us to do? What can I be doing? What can I be doing best? Really, really, really under the circumstances, and I, I think we'll find a lot of a lot of significant and good answers when we ask ourselves that question. I, I'm just thinking of what I heard Robertson Heller say about that. She defines Geula as 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 finding our true self. I was listening again. This was a sheer redemption through faith. And um, this was, she did not give this shear in connection with the coronavirus at all. She probably gave this, I don't know, 25 or 30 years ago. And she was defining Geula as finding oneself. And she was talking about, you know, Geula related to Pesach. And I was thinking, whoa, that's, she hit the nail on the head. Because I, I think we're all finding ourselves in this situation. And, all, and she talks about all the layers of, of different parts of self that cover up our essential self and all those layers are being removed and we're not uh, sometimes I you know would uh, point to myself here getting involved in just I don't know the the external things and preparing for Pesach and uh, all those things have fallen by the wayside it's not important what dress you're wearing or what anything those are all just finished done we're not impressing anybody you know uh, not impressing people with meals we're not having company um, so all those things, Hashem stripped those away, and that's really rather liberating. And to be able to find our true selves, which we, we all seem to be getting to that core self, that's what's there, that's a huge gift, I think, that Hashem has given us, and we should be able to tap into it. And Be'ezras Hashem, when this, this thing has gone away, that we should be able to still hold on to that essential selves and let that be our real selves and let, not, let us not go back you know, with that, all those layers. Keep the layers off. And let's stay as our essential selves. Well said.
um, I want to say one other, just a technical, a technical point. Um, you see I'm obsessed with Rebetzin Heller. She has this, um, this talk. It's called Making Pesach Meaningful. I believe that's what it's called. And there is, it's easy to find the five-minute version of it, but you don't want the five-minute version. You want the 45-minute version, or maybe it's a little bit longer. She goes through how to make the Seder meaningful and the Pesach story meaningful for very little children, medium-sized children, and older children. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's really, really solid. A lot of substance there. Um, it is a little bit hard to find. Um, I did record it on my voice recorder mm -hmm. on my phone, mm -hmm. so if there's a way that I can easily get it to everybody, I would be happy to try to do that. I'll have to act, ask some computer experts for that. Um, if you're having difficulty locating it, you can email me, mindyhauer at gmail.com, and my name is spelled M-I-N-D-I-H-A-U-E-R at gmail.com. But that's really, really fantastic for helping you know exactly the critical messages that you want to give over to your children. That's not something to listen to on Erev Pesach. That's something to listen to much earlier than that because it's, it's, it's loaded with stuff. But she does a very, very, very excellent job so that you don't get, sometimes you can get lost in the Seder. I don't know if Rabbi Harris is going to do it. You are going to do a different thing about the, Seder, about the Seder itself, but I'm just giving you that piece of advice to listen to that. I also recommend to people, there's an excellent book, which I've, again, recommends parent, Parenting Chabura called um, Dual Discovery, which is, I don't know if you can get that book, um, if you can order and have it come to your house before Pesach, but it is a book where you, um, you really feel like you actually experience the slavery in Mitzrayim and the liberation from Mitzrayim um, in this book, which is a, it's a, it's a novel, but it's fantastic. My kids always read it. Like before Pesach, they always read this book because you really get into it. So that's great for, for people of, I mean, not tiny kids, obviously, but for, I don't know, 12 years old enough, maybe 10 years old enough. It's a, it's a very, very good way to feel like you were actually in Mitzrayim, which is one of our goals. But um, making Pesach meaningful by Robertson Heller and dual discovery, I do not remember the name of the author. So I, I, we're, we're going to wrap up. I would just say that uh, what, what we're going through, we could think about it for ourselves as individuals or as parents of, ch of children. But um, we, we, we are being given the ultimate vote of confidence that uh, we can accomplish things ourselves. We can accomplish things ourselves. We, 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 you know, there's a lot of help which is bounding around outside. But uh, there's much more on our shoulders ourselves. And uh, when, when a parent gives a child a vote of confidence that they feel that they can do something, that they can accomplish something, that's, uh, that's really a, a huge, huge thing. And um, ha Hashem is, uh, is telling that to us. And as we interact with those around us, we can give them that same vote of confidence. And we can tell them, you know, you, 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 you're able, you're capable, I know that you're capable, I know that you're going to be able to do it, and Bezos Hashem, we will be able to do it. We will be able to do it. I, I uh, look forward to Mirz Hashem to, to continuing, we look forward to continuing to communicate with you and to hear from you, and uh, 
and any, any issues or questions, Pesach questions about how we could help figure it out, make life easier, um, that's, uh, that's the goal. And Bezaz Hashem, where, where, the task, uh, where the task is, we will all, we will all meet it. May we, Bezaz Hashem, feel the vote of confidence from above. May we be able to give that vote of confidence and that sense of an ability to do it and a real con- contribution to anybody who's, who lives with us, anybody who lives around us, anybody who we can pick up the phone and call. And, uh, and uh, that would be a great, great thing and a great, great, uh, a great outcome. Uh, finally, I never am ending any of these discussions without two things. One is look out for each other. You know, call, call each other. Say hello. Um, I'm, I'm going to unmute at the end of this thing so that people can have a little sense of community. But also just like reach out to each other. We're, we're, we shouldn't just be friends who bump into each other when we do. But secondly, uh, and this is the most important, is follow the directions. Stay home and save lives. Stay home. Uh, stay home. Order anything you possibly can that it should come to your door, whether it's from Amazon, from a local grocery, from the volunteers who are there for people who, are, who, who really shouldn't go out at all and, uh, and, don't, and, and could use that, 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 uh, that volunteer network. Even those who are invincible, even those who feel like they can go out, don't, just don't go out. Once every few days, you can make a trip for what are called essentials. But this is so important for public health. It's so critical for public health, for worrying about ourselves and for worrying about others. Just be extremely, extremely careful. And the questions which come about kids who were in Israel and come back, yes, they should stay inside 14 days. They shouldn't even be the ones to go do the errands 14 days without symptoms. And we want to have our kids or somebody come from, from out of town. It's really not a time for people to come from out of town. Uh, certainly not from areas where there's, uh, where there's, where there's m- more difficulty. We have to make the hishtadlus the necessary effort to maintain public health. It's our responsibility, and Bezos uh, Hashem, it should help. And each of us, every one of us, should, should, should make the efforts to daven, to daven sincerely to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, many times a day, many times a day that he should be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should, should, uh, should withhold this plague from, from affecting us. Yes, uh, I, I thank you for reminding me. Um, I also have tried to, for the last couple of days since it was brought to my attention uh, by one of the physicians that I consult with, that uh, somebody who does go out, needs to go out, when you come back, what you should do is you should com- immediately put your clothes that you were wearing in the washing machine, take a shower, and change. The clothes every which were worn outside every time you go out, not for a walk in the street, but if you have to go on that essential trip to a store or to wherever it is, just come home, change, take out, get out of your clothes, put them in the washing machine, take a shower, and, uh, and get dressed. Um, Okay, I'm just going to take a quick look at the chat to see if there's something. Yes, are the previous sessions recorded and available? They are recorded more or less, and they are available. Two out of three were already sent out. Uh, the third one we will also, and they'll also be posted on our website. 
Is there anything we as individuals should do when we see people who should be in quarantine out and around, such as people just back from Eretz Yisrael or New York? Um, <laughs> what, what, what can I say? You shouldn't be out around sometimes. You, you <laughs> as my wife, as Midi said, you shouldn't be out and around seeing them either. Um, but um, but uh, look, you know, telling people uh, what they should be doing is always an art form. It's a difficult thing, but a, a way with midos tovos, not with public humiliation, should be found uh, to try to to make sure that people are informed, that people are informed, that they know that they they know what's to be done, and people need to take this seriously. I don't. It's not good that this shaila that this question has to be asked. Um, we, we, we hope and pray that the many, 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 many who are doing exactly what they're supposed, to, they're supposed to be doing, and even if they're going to the store, they're maintaining proper social distance and so on and so forth, Bez Hashem will be, will be okay. And hopefully people will do what they're supposed to do out of consideration for themselves and for others. Okay, I think I'm just going to turn it on unmute.